Had the big moment about 30 seconds ago. Can he have another one? Drives it inside, forward 50, 2v1. Green, ball nearly marked, ground level. Chance for Brockman, around the body! He kicks his third. High ball back inside. Up goes Reeves. Brought it down. Brockman's there. Shot it around. It's in good hands. Moore with a snap. Nails it shot for the Hawks. Final siren in Launceston. It is a coaching triumph for Sam Mitchell. Not just in the head-to-head duel with his old master, but in the selection and the strategy. Yes, in the showdown between friends turned foes, Sam Mitchell reigned supreme. Hawthorne securing its first win of the season, a 19-point victory over North Melbourne. We're back to recap all the action, as well as preview the upcoming Easter Monday blockbuster between 17th and 18th. Well, that can't be right. We'll get to that. Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and with me as always is a man who is pretty pleased with how the weekend played out. G'day, Tiz. G'day, mate. Great scenes in the box. Sammy, just congratulating the other members around him. We got it over the old man. Don't worry about it, boys. It's all up from here. Did he cop a look at the sign made by the crowd? Sammy won, Clark O'Neill. I know. <laughs> Clark O'd seen to take it in his stride. We've seen the we've seen the coaches' votes now. Clark O took it in his stride. He strode across the oval and didn't shake hands with Mitchell, and then strode that, onto the plane. That's and, not a thing, is it? Oh well, there was no coverage. You know, they would have highlighted it. So the fact that they didn't makes me think that it didn't happen. I don't care. I don't care. Oh, we I know don't, I don't really we care. We know they're fine. Are they? Yeah. yeah anyway. Definitely. It's no, all he, he doesn't have problems with Sammy or the, uh, the players or anything. Apart from Liam Shields raising the elbow. Raised a couple of questions. <laughs> Interesting. I haven't really seen that from him before. But anyway, no, Clarko's problems are with the admin, not with Sammy. I would have thought that Liam Shields would know better than to take the fight to an Irishman. But anyway. <laughs> Dan Howe turned up as well. No, it's new. But we had all the answers. <laughs> we had all the answers. That is such a drive-by. <laughs> oh, look, we had all the answers except for the third term. Yeah. But, you know, Hawthorne was in control for most of the match. I mean, you, you look at the stats. Disposals, plus 82. Marks, plus 51. Inside 50s, plus 12. Clearances, plus 19. That, that's a team that, for the, for the most part, held dominance. And our Santa clearances are dominating the league, which is ridiculous. What is, what is going on? And meanwhile, is Sammy actually a great midfield coach? Or is that Hale? Well, and meanwhile, Tom Mitchell at Collingwood is is enjoying a pretty good season. So it's almost yeah, pretty, like that. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> it's almost like it worked out well for both parties in a sense. It's a bit of a long bow to draw, maybe. We're, but we're still playing, Tommy. Oh yeah, well that's true. Anyway, Hawthorne eleven fourteen eighty defeated North Melbourne nine seven sixty one. It was a much more cunning and calculated Hawthorne side, one that was more patient, not quite as reckless as what we'd seen, and they knew when to pull the trigger, Tiz, and play a more risky brand of football when required. Which I think we were all hanging out for that. A little bit of nuance to the game plan, not just turn over the footy and the half back line. Well, it's a bit of maturity. Yeah, exactly. And that maturity came from. Apart from a couple of moments where Morrison looked like he hadn't played football for a while, mm. came from Morrison and Scrimshaw. Morrison's kicking into the forward 50 was delightful. Mm-hmm. Scrimshaw's ability to intercept and retain possession and set up from the back, but in a slow form, he's certainly not one of the quick guys out of the back 50, um, really, really helped us in keeping our eyes down. Two or three inclusions, of course. The other being one Tyler Brockman. Yeah. 
Three goals, one. Everybody's talking about him being like Willow. Yeah, this one from Peter. I loved the role that Brockman played. Reminds me a lot of the way that Mark Williams went about it. As a small forward, he's playing an opportunist's role, and he made the most of it yesterday with a clutch goal in the last quarter and then calmly feeding more for the sealer. He is a lock. So we've spoken about this before. Fellas that look quite good at VFL, but when they get to AFL where they've got better players around them or mm. you know, manage the space really well... Yeah. Uh, they look terrific, and that—that's that, Tyler, isn't it? He—he mm-hmm. he seemed to, even when he kicked that sealer, he just seemed to have more time and space than the others had before him. Are you going to mention Lloyd Meek yet? Or <laughs> <laughs> well, thank goodness someone could find the big stick, <laughs> because I mean Brockman and then Moore did, and it was a combination to to basically ice the game. But boy, did we find some ways to miss the goals there. That became comical, and it became no more comical than Lloyd Meek from about twenty meters out. Yeah, you would have to try to miss it that badly normally. Well, he hit the wrong side of the ball for a start, but that wasn't the only part that. Made you question Lloyd Meeks. Quiet day. I think he had seven hitouts. Yeah, but he pulled out of that oh, yeah. forward pocket. He was about to take a mark and yep. he imagined stuff behind him. It was an odd moment because I haven't seen mm. that from him before. No. Um, but uh, no, <laughs> I imagine the next time a contest comes like that, uh, he will be full bore at a gate. I can't imagine Sammy would respect anything else what about the players that actually really starred for us on the day because we had a well, few i mean there's been a lot of questions about mickey it's, it's important because i think he'll be one of our best improved this well year. i was gonna say it's round three yeah Let, let's simmer it down let's see what he can bring easter monday but for now some of the best players uh, on the day against north melbourne my mvp is dylan moore 26 disposals at 76.9 percent disposal efficiency a career high 12 marks 528 metres gained, 22 pressure acts, I'm not done, 7 inside 50s, 9 score involvements, kicked 2 goals, 1 himself with 2 assists. My goodness, that is one of his best. Terrific performance, I have to agree. That would have to be a game-defining performance. Apart from Will Day. (laughs) I knew this was coming. Who wore two brutal hits Mm. during the contest, and Sammy highlighted just how tough he is. Um, in the after-match presser, uh, 29 touches at 86 disposal efficiency. Mm. He's a find, and I definitely, I, I you know, we're going to have to send him a calligraphy set or something, you know, <laughs> just to encourage the signatures. <laughs> Why are we dealing in prizes from sale of the century, <laughs> 1990s? You're going to send him a watch next? What's going on? Well, well Connor, Connor McDonald just signed, and it's quite a good signature. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you focused on. I was focusing on till 2025, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. When when you see it, though, do you go back to like grade three and, and, <laughs> and you're there working out what your signature should look like? With my newly minted pen license, <laughs> you bet I am. I never got mine uh, no! authorised. Yeah. Right, you take that out of your hands right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you hear sirens, you know why, folks. Uh, Will <laughs> <laughs> Day with 19 pressure acts as well. Yeah, yeah, and nine score involvements uh, matching Dylan Moore. Fantastic day. Um, we had so much more of the possession, so much more of the control on the ball. The marking was just amazing. Uh, James Sicily. The invisible man. Well, yeah, there was so- there's something about a backman that has great influence and yet remains unnoticed. It's quite a phenomenon, isn't it? 28 touches at 82.1% disposal efficiency. So he's not only finding plenty of the footy, he's using it pretty well. And a career-high 18 marks. 
Yeah, but he's one of those blokes you're like, oh, okay, yep. No, just part of the string of football as it comes up the field. Of course, my favourite defender on the day was Sam Frost. Really? No. He's very but watchable. Very was... watchable. Yeah, from Thank behind you, my Dermy hands. for that. <laughs> he is watchable from behind my hands. No, look, Sam Frost, he obviously had a couple of major blues that all Hawthorne fans are going to remember for a long time. But other than that, you got to say he did his job. Yeah, he did. And that's the tragedy of it. What do you mean? Well, it's, it's most, most fans will only look at those couple of blunders. Well, actually, and that's it. the way I look at it is they were early, those blues. They were. And Sam Mitchell and Sam Frost both worked out a way that Clarker wasn't going to expose Frostball. Yep. He found a way that, you know, it was going to... Because Clarker would be like... Because remember when Frawley was in our side, mm. everyone would run away from Frawley when he had the ball so that he could launch longer to the 50 without any... Real direction. Yeah, get this ball and the hell away from me. It, it's a it's a similar thing that Clarko was trying to wide and frosty, and uh, yeah, they managed to work their way around it. But I, I felt that uh, I felt that Scrimshaw really stepped up in that area. Well, absolutely, but also that North probably should have put time into CJ early because I mean he had roughly half of his twenty one touches in the opening term. Uh, he really got us going, and it gave North Melbourne some headaches that they had to really address quick smart. But I thought we had some other unsung heroes as well. I mean, Carl Amon, 24 touches, team high, 582 metres gained, an equal team high, five clearances. Cam McKenzie, 20 disposals, nine tackles. I think he led the way for tackles, Tiz. Uh, five score involvements. Uh, we had 12 players with over 20 touches, actually. We had Ward, uh, Scrimshaw have mentioned, Morrison, of course, Hardwick, uh, your boy Nash. Yeah, Nash. No, that's a that's a career high. Twenty four disposals. Oh, it would be, yeah. Fifteen kicks, nine handballs, three marks, six tackles. Didn't tackle much last week. Mm. But can you imagine Clarko sitting there watching Nash dominate Shields? <laughs> He's sitting on the sidelines, on the bench, on the interchange, looking at Nash run around, going. That's how you use him. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure that's in the match notes. I'm sure that's in the match notes for Clarko. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I really admired his game on the weekend. And, uh, yeah, rap for him. And rap for the, for the result that the boys got because that, that was team effort. When you look across mm. the stats, um, there are a couple of shining examples of what to do, but... There are a couple of guys who who sacrificed their game, like Bruce. He was practically decoy for the whole. Yeah, that's whole day. right. I was going to say that no one had a particularly um, poor day, but I mean, look, Bruce didn't seem his potent self uh, in the forward line. Uh, Lloyd Meek, bit of Been a down there, day. Done that. Yeah, yep. exactly. Finn McGuinness didn't have a match up when well, UDL was dropped UDL. out of the lineup. <laughs> well, that was the problem, wasn't it? Because that that destabilised Hawthorne too, and uh, well, know. it exposed that he doesn't have a way to get the ball himself. Yeah, exactly. Which is a bit of problem. So now he's running around without an mo, and yeah. yeah, it just shows that he doesn't have any attacking flair right now. Which, yeah, as you say, that's a problem. But you got to talk about how the team was running back, defending in our back fifty. Yeah, all moving forward to to bring it out at pace. I particularly enjoyed Josh Ward's work behind the ball in mm-hmm. defensive 50. He mm-hmm. keeps a cool and calm head, which they needed at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Richard gave a shout-out to Harry Morrison's defensive running, which he definitely does, even if it's not exactly enjoyable seeing Harry in the back 50. <laughs> no. But he is there putting on pressure. And, and, and uh, yeah, so you've got to say Sammy had the whole team and his uh, 
his changes to the lineup, which some viewed as dropping your full back and your full forward. It's not yeah. exactly what you meant to do in modern footy. Well, I guess the question coming out of the first two rounds is, gee, how Hawthorne going to score goals? And they also have a big problem stopping goals being scored on them. And then Mitchell goes and drops our key position forward and key position defender. Well, what I look at as, as is, uh, without touching the rucks, he's gone and dropped the two slowest men in the side. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he's gone, all right, we're just... We've got a game plan built on pace and running and, you know, retaining the ball. We don't need two slow men holding up our transitions. And and it seems to have worked. But this is north. We've got, <laughs> we've got to underline that this is north. And there's going to have to be changes for Geelong mm-hmm. because, um, you know, they've got, a, they've got a big key forward there unless he gets a rest, mm-hmm. which has been a bit helpful. People calling for Hawkins to have a rest this week. A rest from all that running he's doing. Well, <laughs> I mean, he has been carrying that forward line for a long time. And if, if the small forwards around him aren't even prepared to put pressure on the Gold Coast defence, um, there's not really much point in him turning up. Isn't it so good? What about the other bloke in their forward line? He's an absolute freak. Well, he is. Yeah, he did almost win them the game. Oh, it just it, it boggles the mind uh, how he is that good, you know. And he runs himself into the ground. But anyway. You, but you mentioned the uh, the kinds of changes we might need to make. And certainly Cozzy coming out of the side, we had some questions here. Uh, Simon asks, can you see a path back to the senior side for Cozzy? And Lauren asks a related question. Welcome back, Lauren. Uh, Although I loved nearly everything about the game on the weekend, is this smaller forward line something that will be sustainable for the next three to four months until Lewis returns? Along similar lines, is Cozzy's presence in the forward line more of a hindrance than a help? Well, I think it was a question of attitude, really, with 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 the team this mm. week because mm. they realised they didn't have a get out kick. That's and true. Can we just mention Green and his ability to split packs mm. and bring the ball to ground, even if he's going up and just using two hands to forcefully tap it down? Yeah, to he's our... smart, isn't he? Oh, very clever. Mm. And he's up against two or three at times, and mm-hmm. yet we get a goal out of it because you know we, we outnumber them at the fall of the ball. What he finished with two goals, too, I think, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, he. I'm so pleased because he does look like an AFL footballer now. Yeah. Um, yeah. We watched him toil away in the VFL and now he's actually putting it out there on the park because that was a big role. You drop Cozzy, he's the he's it. He's the get-out kick, exactly, he's the target. Yeah. They're just dropping it on his head and he's bringing it down. I would say Hawthorne supporters were justifiably nervous at what they saw with the selection table. I mean, Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is the attitude was changed. They were forced yeah. to look... Yeah. Or else the ball was definitely coming back and rather quickly. So to, to Simon and Lauren's questions, Cozzy, Cozzy, he he definitely has a path back. It's yeah. round three, yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but you, you know, but, but you as get, soon as he this needs week, confidence, okay. So so you're, I wouldn't you're, say he's coming in this week, but right. I do wonder how they're going to prevent that uh, easy intercept mark, control the ball you know, move it around that Geelong like to do. Mind you, we, we don't have to worry about deconing. Yeah, well, they've only got one or two intercept marks in the defensive 50 now, not three. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that uh, Griffin Lowe got a week. Yeah, for breathing the same air as Will Day, and fair enough. <laughs> I mean... Oh, he took the air out of his lungs, I think, <laughs> mean. <laughs> well, yeah, that is, yeah, true in a manner of speaking. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's worth a week, right? Yeah, he hit him in the head. Yeah, and he I don't... Went, went past the ball. I mean, it was fairly obvious, apart from to those 
North Melbourne mugs online. I, I read that Griffin Logue was appealing and I, and I thought, no, I'm, I don't think he's that good looking. But anyway. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad that that appeal was denied because that kind of act is worth a week. Uh, wasn't paid a free on the day and good on Will for bouncing back up. The wiry Will Day, who uh, we, we've said for the longest time needs to build up bulk and we've worried about his toughness. Worry no more. So with Will Day, mm. we're looking at, we've always thought he'd be a 200-game player, but now mm. he's going to get an extraordinary number of possessions and an ability to shape contests. Yeah, that's right. This is exactly where you want your best players. Yeah, this is the trajectory for Will Day. And uh, hopefully the chatter is oh, that... The, the, I have no concerns about him signing. Well, that's it. The deal apparently is almost done. And and the last that we heard, at least from uh, you know official reports, Hawthorne's offered four years. Right. So whether it ends up being four, whether it ends up being more than that, apparently it's very close. Yeah. So... You know, he, he'll have an he'll have a figure in mind himself because he may not want the four years at this current pay grade. You know, he might want two, yeah, and then ask for more money because he improves yet again. Yeah, goes to another level. Exactly. Guess we'll wait and see. Uh, Kuzon asks, uh, I was really impressed with Fergie's game on the weekend. He may have gone two goals too, but for a lad of only 186 centimeters, he kept contesting packs and getting the ball to the ground. With that in mind, who do you think will kick our first five goal bag of the year? Ferg, Brock, Bruce, or someone else? Can I say Connor McDonald? Because oh. <laughs> that's my favourite goal of the day. Yeah. That pure football sense to just slam it. Oh, oh, it's an over-end punt, really, just yeah. to get it straight through. Split-second <sighs> instinct is yeah. what it is. Yeah. And most people, uh, you know, would try it and end up looking a little like Lloyd Meek. I'll stop. No. I'll stop. <laughs> stop it. He's a, he'll be great. Like no, I know, I've no doubt about that. His work around the ground was fairly good. Um, but yeah, that, that goal from Conor McDonald was sensational split-second thinking. Yeah. The application, the execution of the skill in the heat of the moment with bodies around him was fantastic. Now, is there is there a question about can we run three rucks? Where's that? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, hang on. Before we move on, we haven't answered the question. You said McDonald. Yeah. I go Fergus Green. I really? think, yeah, I really do think. I, I see it happening because he did it in the VFL, mate. I'm primed to see it in the AFL. I think it'll happen. Uh, this question from Paulie uh, Nick, how good do you feel with a win over North Melbourne? Thank you very much, Paulie, for recognizing the stakes here. That is relief on your face. <laughs> it is. Uh, can we play Reeves, Meek, and Lynch in the same team, or are we saving up Lynch for later? Well, they're definitely not saving Lynch up. No. No, he's, he's pulling out all his guns at VFL. They didn't mm-hmm. have a game on the weekend, so. Unable to strike their staff, um, which means Cozzy and Blank had a rest. Mm-hmm. Three rucks on the same side. Yeah, no, I don't... Look, last week we didn't think they were going to make many changes, and mm. they did, and they went fast. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to back fast against Geelong as well. Mm. Um, but I, I do, you know, I've got concerns about how they counteract Green being beaten if there's a long kick. But, you know, in terms of progress for the side... There's no point in bringing Lynch in to combat that Geelong defence. We want to keep their eyes down as they enter the forward 50 from now mm-hmm. on. I have a sneaky suspicion that Brockman is going to tear it up on Easter Monday. Yeah? yeah. You don't rate their small defenders at Geelong? <laughs> it's more that I'm starting to see something building for Brockman. And it's not just a one-week wonder thing. It is through the VFL. It's through, it's through the year to date. My biggest question is, do we see Coops? Does Cooper Stevens make the lineup against his old mob? 
Well, me personally, I, I would sooner have Ned Long in. But also, we're coming off a bye for Box Hill, so it's so hard to know. Yeah, they're like, coming off a long run. Just, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, they're going to hit the packs hard. It's just so good to see the confidence in the boys and also to see them rewarded for their efforts. But we know what happened in the preseason against Geelong, so let's not get too cocky, even if they are Norton 3. And uh, the worst start by a Premier since 1950-something. North Melbourne, I think, in 1976, went 0-3. and three. I mean, 76, North Melbourne's still making a final, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> we all ignore know Ignore that fact. Well, don't ignore it so much, because we all know what happened that year. So Yeah, we do. <laughs> Would you believe it? Geelong versus Hawthorne at the MCG, Easter Monday, 3.20pm. But it's 17th taking on 18th. <laughs> a very unique Easter Monday blockbuster, this one. Flat Track Paulie asks, uh, who goes to Cameron Easter Monday? And views Any from ideas, the, Nick? Views from the nosebleeds. Does Blank come in to play on Hawkins, allowing Frost to play on Cameron next week? Or can Frost and Sicily get it done? I would be bringing Blank back. I think it's a problem. So Cameron goes right up the ground. So you can send Frost mm-hmm. to, track, to track him higher up the ground. Um, but then you've got to hand over to Sicily or... Yeah. You've got to have two men for Cameron because yep. his work rate is unbelievable. Going to be a few working mechanisms and parts in this defence, I think. We're yeah. going to have to be the last really thing you want to see is Hawkins over the back with yep. easy goals, mm-hmm. which is possible. So I think they are going to have to get someone in to just you know put McAvoy back behind the ball. McAvoy. Like <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> Uh, what coach do we have? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. And then Benji's with the Cooper Stevens question. Well, we're going to see him, the senior side. Well, he's got to strut his stuff at VFL first. Yeah, I'd say it's not that he can't. I think that he that he definitely can at AFL level. I just think the, the buy is the only thing that would prohibit too many changes and elevations from Box Hill. I think, look, I think we see him at the MCG for Box Hill. Mm. Yeah, um, what time is that? About 11.30 yeah, or something? Yeah, 11.30, 11.40, something like that. It's going to be so, a big day. Yeah, big that, double header for Easter Monday at the Good G. weather? I hope it's good weather. <laughs> Fingers crossed for that. Uh, Scamasaurus asks, who does Finn go to next week? Player formerly number 16 at our club, or does he go to Max Holmes? I don't know. Who is the best um, midfielder at Geelong in the VFL? <laughs> Do you think he gets selected next week? I think there's a chance that he doesn't. I mean, is tagging someone in the worst midfield in the league a priority? It has to be asked. Oh, you're loving this. <laughs> I am. Mate, they could go 0-4 to yeah. start the season. I, I think the headline should be no Selwood, no standards, which is... <laughs> it does appear that way. Duckwood dynasty over, you know. It's just... <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, is there any danger of the new captain standing up? Well, if he stands up from the bench like he was in the last <laughs> course, you can't have a lot of impact. Can you believe that Jeez, he's been... it feels good getting the boots in there. Oh, oh, it really does. And we can because they're 18. Still their best player, Hawthorne reject. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is the last time they were any good and he was the best on ground. Brilliant. Uh... But Danger was literally on the bench for most of that final term. Yeah. What is well, that about? Well, you have to raise concerns over whether he will play this week. In terms of just pure fitness. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll find out. It's going to be a good day. Because I think in the VFL, that's a win. And I think we're, you know, a long shot hope in the AFL. All I'd say to our listeners is fear not Hawthorne supporters. We 
virtually, apart from four points, if we get beaten, we mm. lose virtually nothing. We're not expected to win. I don't want to lose. No, but, but you don't want to lose. Obviously, you don't want to lose. Cause you, cause you're calling it a sugar-coated loss. Well, no, in the sense that Geelong fans hold all the anxiety here. Oh, definitely. You don't if have they to feel lose that this way. Week. There is hell to pay if they lose this week. It will be an all-timer. <laughs> and the, one of the most glorious Hawthorne wins in the Hawthorne-Geelong rivalry, I would say. All right, so we forecast that they were going to... Well, I forecast that they were going to lose to, to Gold Coast last week. You actually did. Yeah. Fair enough. But they've got us and then they've got West Coast and then they've got Sydney. So, okay, well... Yeah, it's not the easiest run. Well, not when but you're playing Sydney like this. Like, Sydney look like the wheels are falling off as well. <laughs> From what, chocolates you... to boiled lollies <laughs> in seven days. That was... Just shows we were far off our game. Yeah, absolutely. I believed we could play better than what we were dishing up. Yeah. And I thought we saw glimmers of that against North Melbourne, which was really good. But yeah, Hawks fans, you don't need to hold any fears this week. I think we are a legitimate shot to win. But in the case that we lose... Say Levy. So it's their home game. It's our replacement game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it should be a good atmosphere because uh, you'll be able to smell the anxiety exactly. of, the, of the Cats fans. Uh, what, what did you see online that you, you forwarded me? It was something like, oh, well, at least we got a flag. and you were- Oh, so <laughs> many Geelong supporters are really in that mindset right now. Like, oh, well, look, we, we won the premiership and, you know, that was our time. And, you know, maybe if we're set for a rebuild, I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> Mirroring the playing group. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, look, I so desperately hope that we do win. It would be hilarious. Very much deeply satisfying if we won. Well, we beat them last year in their premiership year. Yeah, we did. That, we- is a, that is a big, big moment. We will look back on that, you know. Well, I will. Mitch Lewis kicking the sealer yeah. with about 50 metres on his own. Yep. It's one of the most incredible things I've seen. Anyway, we do need to wrap up. You might be enjoying our show via Apple or Spotify, however you're listening to us. It'd mean a lot if you could spare a moment to either rate or review our show. It helps to put our podcast on the map for fellow Hawthorne fans, so we'd really appreciate it if you took the time to do that. Meanwhile, our community of diehard Hawks fans we've built around the show was buzzing after this win, as you'd expect. We'd love for you to jump online and join the conversation with us. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, as always, we'd like to extend an enormous thank you to our many proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers who have thrown their support behind our show and helped make this podcast possible. We're delighted to give shout-outs this week to Adrian, Mitchell, and Andrew. Thanks so much. Now on to Red Time Items with Box Hill's VFLW side. Perhaps... Improving their performance by the smallest margin possible after their draw last week to win by point. Yeah, I'd say there's no perhaps about it. It's literally one point. Falling over the line against the Dogs. Oh, come on. I think that downplays it a little bit. They really did hang in there. I mean, they went scoreless for the final term. And, like and hang a, like on I say, death. fell over the line. Yes, that, oh, that, that, that is definitely... Well, you, you can't sugarcoat these things, you know, like a loss to Geelong. They had... Chances to, to seal this match. They were forced to try and absorb every punch the dogs could muster in that final term. So it was a really brave effort, I think. And the mood on the siren, as you'd expect, seemed to be one for a leap <laughs> rather than victory. But uh, yeah, Box Hill VFLW side going one better than last week and scoring a one-point win. Uh, seven AFLW Hawks were on hand for the win too. Sarah Perkins led our goals with two, while Baskerin was busy with 23 touches. And uh, now, of course, we've had... 
the AFLW draft. I've got two new acquisitions. We've got Matea Breed and Christy Stratton. Now, that second name, Christy Stratton, a familiar name. She's been starring for the VFLW team for quite a while. And has been elevated. But there you go. So the two recruits are essentially two forwards, which, you know, in the off-season, me personally, I, I definitely identified a need for more firepower. So I think we've recruited pretty well there. Everyone's on the attack. Yeah, well, when you think about it, combined with, you know, the the players we got from Brisbane, mm-hmm. all of a sudden this Hawthorne outfit has massive attacking flair. Should be making finals this year. At the very least, knocking on the door of finals, I would say. I'm very excited for it. So, Nick, after Easter Monday, if it's a victory, get the recording done. We've got to get it all done because mm-hmm. we leave some ungodly hour on Thursday morning because you want to go to the Adelaide Zoo or something. That's not a nice way to refer to the Adelaide crowd. <laughs> the Adelaide oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Adelaide Zoo's, <laughs> Adelaide Zoo's Saturday. Yeah. The Adelaide Oval with Adelaide versus Carlton. Well, depending on the result, it could be Thursday <laughs> night too. So we'll see. Oh, boy. I mean, look, you've called it perfectly. If we do happen to win... Yeah. I need to make sure I schedule in some sleep. Yeah. And, and not constantly watch a loop of the highlights. <laughs> It's a very real chance. Pick, pick a, uh, you know, how, how we had that incredible moment. Mitch Lewis kicking the sealer against Geelong. Mm-hmm. He's not there this time. Who's ending the contest? It's got to be Tyler Brockman. I'm bullish on Brockman. From the boundary line, MCC side, yep. leaning back. Mm-hmm. With a- Mate, we know he can do it. He did it on debut against Essendon, you remember? He, he did, actually. Practicing the day before that very <laughs> kick. Quite uncanny. Oh, there's so much to look forward to with this game, mate. I will see you there. Hawthorne, Geelong, Easter Monday, 3.20pm. We'll be back to recap all the action, win, lose or draw. Happy Easter, everyone. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.